If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for a Louisiana man. So rousing up that both a faded love and let's all dance. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. Davis to step up in the pocket, gonna heave it for the end zone, and it is caught. It's caught. It's a touchdown, Whitley. Going to throw. Throws back. He's going to get it. He's in the end zone. back to clear eyes full hearts this is your texas high school football podcast presented by dash sports media week six just finished up across the state we're here to give you scores from that in our small town spotlights this week i'm going to be bringing you post texas for my small town spotlight and tobin is going to head over to salado before we get into our small town spotlights let's go ahead and dive into the scores tobin let's take it away with 6a Yeah, let's roll into 6A. So, number one, Austin Westlake defeats Sam Marcus by a score of 56 to 0. Number two, Katie over Katie Tompkins in a big statement win, 56 21. South Lake Carroll rolls by Keller, 49 13. Geyer over Prosper, 35 to 7. Duncanville was on a bye this week. Atascacita beats Kingwood by a score of 49 14. Like we said, Tompkins falls to Katie High. Rockwall Heath beats Mesquite Horn, 45 to 3. Spring Westfield over Spring in a rivalry game, 31-21. North Shore over Humble, 68-6. Spring, like we said, Spring and Spring Westfield. Spring wins that one, 31-21. Lake Travis defeats Hayes Consolidated, 69-21. Number 13, Allen over McKinney Boyd, 37-24. San Antonio Brennan beats Stevens, 58-0. Rockwall beats Mesquite by a field goal, 25-22. Arlington Martin over South Grand Prairie, 56 to 20. Euless Trinity and Cibolo Steel were on buys this week. Number 19, Bridgeland and Connor Wigman defeat Cy Woods, 41-14. Number 20, Midland Legacy beats Abilene, 42 to 33. Number 21, Louisville over Plano East, 29-24. Number 22, Cy Park over Cy Lakes, 56 to zero. Austin Vandergriff defeats Vista Ridge, 53 to seven. Number 24, C.E. King beats Humble, Simmer Creek, 35 to 10. And number 25, Smithson Valley was on a bye. A couple other notable games in 6A. Dickinson beats Clear Creek, 49 to 21. And Odessa Permian over Wolfith, Wolforth, Friendship, 17-14. Rolling into 5A D1, Jordy, take it away. Yeah, so over here in 5A D1, Denton Ryan is number one, and they took down Frisco Wakeland 37-7. College Station is number two, and they defeated New Caney 35-6. Number three, Highland Park was on a bye. Number four, Longview defeats Wiley East 56-0. Number five, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial defeats Gregory Portland 79-10. Number six, Colville Heritage beats McLothian 10-7. Number seven, Tascosa takes it to Lubbock High 82-0. 
Number eight, Frisco Lone Star. They defeat Frisco Reedy 42 to 6. Katie Paytow takes down Milby 56 to nothing. And number 10, Fort Bend Hightower defeats Angleton by two, 18 to 16. 5A D2 Tobes. Yeah, so rolling into 5A D2, we uh, we have a lot of buys this week when we start getting into some of these smaller divisions. So we're just going to go ahead and go with the teams that actually played and leave the buys off. So number two, Fort Bend Marshall takes it to Sharptown. They win 56 to zero. Number three, Lovejoy over Prosper Rock Hill, 55-14. Number six, South Oak Cliff rolls over Mesquite Poteet, 77-3. Nederland defeats Santa Fe in a shutout of 31-0. Number nine, Texarkana, Texas High over Hallsville, 37-24. A couple other notable games. We have Victoria East and Victoria West. Victoria West wins in the Crosstown matchup, 63-46. Jordy, I'm going to go ahead and take over 4AD1, and then I'll leave 4AD2 for you. Like we said, there's a, buy, a lot of buys, so we're just going to go with the teams that play. Argyle, number one, Argyle loses to Melissa, 21-0. to Melissa is hot right now. Number two, Corpus Christi, Cal Allen loses to San Antonio Cornerstone, 31-6. to Number four, Tyler Chapel Hill is upset by Lindell, 36-14. to It was a bad time to be in the top five in 4AD1 this week. And then, like we said, number eight, Melissa took down Argyle, 21 to zero. Going into 4AD2, Jordy. Moving into 4AD2, number one, Carthage defeats Pleasant Grove, 31 to six. Number four, West Orange Stark takes down Harden Jefferson, 54 to seven. And number 10, Sitton took care of Rockport Fulton, 28-21. Some other scores of interest, Seguin took down Lavernia, 48-21. In uh, what is typically a big basketball game, but it's a good rivalry game to follow nonetheless. Houston Wheatley defeats Houston Yates, 45 to 37. The Monahans Lobos stay undefeated as they take down Seminole, 34 to 21. And Snyder defeats Muleshoe, 45 to 33. I'm going to take us over to 3AD1, where we also had a lot of teams on by. So number two, Brock, they did play and they took down Paradise, 35 to 16. Number four, Industrial defeats Aransas Pass, 68 to zero. Number seven, the West Trojans take down Dallas Madison, 60 to 12. The number eight, Grandview Zebras take down Life Oak Cliff, 59 to nothing. And number 10, Lorena defeats Troy, 55 to 14. Tobes, let's go to 3AD2. 3AD2, number one, Franklin defeats the Riesel Indians, 75 to 13. Number two, Gunner over Bells, 41 14. Number three, Childress gets a W over Amarillo Highland Park, 64 to eight. Number six, Newton rolls by Anderson Shiro, 58 to zero. And number eight, Canadian squeaks by Spearman, 38 to 37. Another notable game, ARP gets a win over Troop, 29 to seven. I'm gonna take us into 2A, D1. And that starts out with the number one Refurio Bob, Bobcats over Ganado, 57 to seven. Number two, Shiner beats Wall in one of our primetime picks, 42 to 14. Number three, Timpson beats Boonville, Arkansas, 57 to 40. Number four, Crawford gets a big win over Toller, 19 to seven. And the number nine, Beckville beats Hawkins, 61 to 13. Going into our smallest classification, Jordy, of 2AD2. Yes, sir. So over in 2AD2, we had, once again, a lot of buys. Number three, Munster defeats Collinsville, 56 to 13. Number four, Albany takes down Olney, 55 to six. Number five, Wellington defeats Valley View, 47 to seven. 
The Stratford Elks at number six take down Dalhart 38 to 13. Number seven, Falls City wins by forfeit over Pettis. And number nine, Vega takes down Clarendon 34 to 14. One other game of note, Weimer defeated Bloomington 28 to zero. So that's all we have. Tobes, do you have any uh, comments on the scores for from this week or looking ahead before we go on into our small town spotlights? Tompkins snapped their 75 game uh, district win streak last year. And so Katie had something to say about that this year. One of the games I kept an eye on was Crawford and Toller. I knew that was gonna be a good game. Um, it was 19 to seven, it was low scoring. And it, it seems like, you know, it was a good game. Um, heard that you know Crawford shot themselves in the foot a couple times or else they could have really kind of handled that game but uh congr- congrats to them on getting a win and congrats to Toller for playing the number 14 very close so that takes us into our small town spotlights so let's go ahead and get it rolling over there Tobes, you ready to start us off with Salado? Let's do it. Let's get it going with Salado. Yeah, so um, Salado is located in Bell County. It's about halfway in between Waco and Austin. So the actual first record of people settling in Salado was in 1834. However, that area was abandoned due to frequent Indian attacks and the invasion of General Santa Ana and the Mexican Army. So the first actual permanent settlement that was, you know, established and people starting to move there was established in 1850 by a guy with the name of Archibald Willingham. So from 1866 to 1885, the famous Chisholm Trail went right through Salado. And so there's this actual hotel in Salado called the Stagecoach Inn, and it's very historical. They've done a lot of renovations on it. It's 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 super cool. I'm in Salado a lot, and I always want to stop there and just check it out. But that's why it was established. So by 1884, Salado had a population of over 900 people. They had seven churches, 14 stores, two hotels, two blacksmiths, and three cotton gins. And kind of going back to the Stagecoach Inn, it's really cool. Uh, there's a it's called the Salado Creek, and it runs right through the middle of town. And that's where the hotel is on. So it's just like the, the ambiance of the hotel is just awesome. It's right in the middle of downtown. It's just super cool. So some of the things to do in Salado, Salado is home to a bunch of different art galleries. But the one that really caught my eye is the glass blowing. And uh, I've never been, but there's a place called Salado Glassworks. And I was looking at pictures and stuff, and it just looks really cool how they like, they shape all these like different glass, you know, what, basically whatever you want. And they, it's it's tr- truly is an art. So uh, I thought that was really cool. There's the Salado Museum and College Park. So this is ho- home to the historic Salado College. And uh, at the museum, they promote the pioneer history of Salado. And Salado has a really diverse set of nationalities that settled there. Also, there's golf at the gorgeous Mill Creek Golf Club. And I'm going to get into the golf a little bit later um, because Salado is really good at golf. And then uh, lastly, there's a historic ghost walk with historian John Hal Reynolds. So during this walk, you go, it's in town. He speaks of all the tales of the cowboys and Indians, which I alluded to, you know, earlier about how there was frequent Indian attacks. And then he talks about buried treasures and ghosts. So even though Salado is a super small town, it has an abundance of things to do uh, from, you know, the, the art galleries, the boutiques, the wineries, 
there's multiple coffee shops. I often stop there all the, a lot to get my morning coffee when I'm going through and kind of checking things out for work. Um, some of the places to eat in Salado, there's there's a bunch of them. So the first one is Johnny's Steaks and Barbecue. It's just a really cool place, a uh, good atmosphere. They do concerts and stuff in the back, and they're known for their China, uh, their chicken fried steak. From from what I hear, I haven't had that. That I usually just get the barbecue, but I need to try the chicken fried steak because I am a sucker for a good chicken fried steak. There's another place called The Shed. I haven't been there, but Jordy, from what we heard from one of your friends, apparently their burgers are really good. So I'm just going to have to make a day where I just go eat all the food in Salado because it sounds like there's some really cool stuff. Then there's a couple of places. If you're of age and you know you want to grab a cocktail or a drink, there's actually two breweries in Salado. There's one called Barrow Brewing. And it's a super cool little, like they have this big courtyard and it has all these different food trucks. And then the, uh, the actual breweries like on the other side. And so you can like sit out there and they'll have live music and stuff like that. It's just a super cool little spot. And then there's the Chupacabra bar, which they have food and all kinds of stuff. And they also have their own beers. Um, so notable people of Salado. There, are there was James Edward Ferguson. He was the 26th governor of Texas. And then there was Miriam Edward Ferguson. She was the 29th and 32nd governor of Texas. So they have a, I guess, Salado has a little uh, cachet when it comes to notable politicians in the state. We're going to move into their sports teams. So football in Salado is usually very solid. So far this, this season, the Eagles are three and two but they played some tough competition. One of the games that I saw that they played, they played uh, Grandview and it was a really close game. And, you know, we've talked about Grandview on the show. Grandview's really solid. So I'd look for Salado to make the, the playoffs, even though they're in a solid district. They're in there with like Conley and China Springs. So that district's tough, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they make the, the playoffs. However, though, when you talk about sports in Salado, you have to talk about the golf team. That's where they shine. So, they have nine state titles on the boys' side for golf and six on the girls' side. So I talked a little bit about the, the Mill Creek Golf Course. It's, 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 it's kind of hidden back in Salado, but there's all these houses on it. It's, it's beautiful homes on there. But I was thinking, I was like, literally, these kids' backyards are on a golf course. So no wonder they're so dang good. They're out there probably all the time just hitting balls and, you know, uh getting their practice in also salado's won the texas lone star cup three times this is an award given to the best overall athletic programs in the state and that doesn't surprise me because salado is competitive about every sport they play so that's my hometown spotlight of salado texas a lot of different teams across the state that have a, a program whether it's basketball baseball tennis golf whatever that have a, quite a bit of state titles, but very rarely are both the men and the women's that mm -hmm. dominant in both. And that's just really impressive. And I think it right. really just talks about the speaks volumes about not just the program, but the community as well. Yeah, they have to be behind it. And like I said, you know, the that golf course is right there. So it, and it's a not it's a really nice course. I go play it every now and then. And it's just a it's a it's a they have 27 holes out there. So you get there's water, there's sand. And so they get to see everything out there. So when they go to, you know, tournaments and stuff, nothing surprises them when they get there. And, you know, whether there's trees or, you know, traps, water, nothing's going to surprise them because all that's already out there. Because, you know, some courses, they'll be wide open 
um, or they'll be narrow. This kind of has a mixture of both. And if you get in the trees, it's, it's definitely a problem. This week, for my small town spotlight, we are headed to the county seat of Garza County, where the headwaters of both arms of the Brazos River join to outline the scenic Cap Rock escarpment of the Llano Estacado. With a population of almost 5,000, Post Texas is nestled three miles below the Cap Rock, 40 miles southeast of Lubbock on Highway 84, and this location has led Post to become known as the gateway to the plains of West Texas. Established by C.W. Post in 1907, many of the original buildings from the early 1900s still exist in downtown today. C.W. Post bought 200,000 acres from John Bunyan Slaughter's U Lazy S Ranch, and his intentions were to develop it into a model town. He hired the Double U Company to manage the development of the town. Farms, houses, and buildings were sold or rented to settlers as they moved to the area. In 1910, the Santa Fe Railroad finally made its way to the city and helped the town grow as the population jumped to over a thousand in just four years. A fun story from 1916 about Post. The city started to experiment with quote unquote rainmaking. This was a strategy where they would detonate explosives in the atmosphere to try and increase rainfall. As you can imagine, the stats showed that their efforts were unsuccessful. In 1987, Post was awarded a Texas Main Street City. This was due to the community's economic development and renovation efforts that allowed many buildings to be restored, and thus the downtown area of Post has numerous gift shops, clothing stores, and restaurants along their Main Street drag. Speaking of restaurants, if you haven't noticed yet, some of the best places to eat in all these small towns that we cover are their drive-in burger joints. And that is also true for Post, as Holly's Drive-In is one of the top places to eat. And if you're looking for more of a sit-down vibe, you can go and get some down-home food at George's Restaurant, which is open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Some of the famous folks from Post include Garvin Beauchamp, who was the head coach of the Abilene Christian football team in 1950 when they won the Refrigerator Bowl. Another, per another notable person from Post is Ernie Case, who was a quarterback for UCLA and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers in the first round of the 1947 draft. As far as athletics go, on the girls' side, there has not, they have not been a super dominant program in any one sport, but they are a perennial playoff team in softball, basketball, and volleyball. As for the football team, they have been a power of late, making it to back-to-back -back state title games in the past two seasons. They also have 35 playoff appearance and look to make another playoff push this year after a slow start to the season when they played three ranked teams in the first four weeks. And that is my small town spotlight of Post Texas. Folks, so that's all we have for today. Hope you enjoyed our small town spotlight and the week six recap. A big shout out to Ty Raymer for helping us out with Salado and giving us the things to do and some good places to eat over there. Y'all go check out Salado and Post. We really enjoyed talking about them. We appreciate everybody that listens and all the support that we've heard from everybody, whether it's over the phone or in person. 
Continue listening and sharing. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as long as they don't crash again. But with that, we'll see you Thursday morning. Get ready for week seven. We'll see you on the other side. Take it easy. Well,